Hello and welcome back to the Women of Web3 podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Ingram. I'm also the founder of Women of Web3. We're a community that's connecting women in the next iteration of the internet. We have in-person events, Twitter spaces, this podcast, and we have a jobs board if you're looking for your first role in all things crypto, NFTs, or the metaverse. You can find out more on our website, womenofweb3.co, or on Twitter at womenofweb3co. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be speaking to Nicola Mendelssohn, CBE. She's an incredible woman in tech, and she's been literally a business idol of mine since I left university over a decade ago. Nicola is Vice President of Meta's Global Business Group. She's from Manchester in the UK originally, and she's been a Londoner for a number of years. But then last year, she moved to New York when she was promoted. So at Meta, I worked closely with her on all International Women's Day efforts and Meta's programme for female entrepreneurs called She Means Business, including Nicola releasing a book of inspirational women in business to inspire the next generation of girls. So she's had this incredible career so far, from being the owner of an ad agency, Karmarama, to being given a CBE in 2015 for services to the creative industries. And she was named Most Inspiring Women in European Tech. And she's now responsible for all things Metaverse at Meta. So without further ado, let me welcome Nicola. Hello. Hi. So uh, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's really good to see you again. So we start every episode of the podcast with a bit of a jargon buster. So I want to know, how would you describe what the metaverse is for absolute beginners? Oh, I love that you do that. And as you know, we call ourselves at Meta a learning organisation. So we're in this sort of school mindset every day as well. As for defining the metaverse, good question. I'm hearing the terms metaverse and Web3 being thrown around interchangeably. And whilst there is overlap, there's actually, you know, they're distinct concepts as well. Mm-hmm. I describe the metaverse simply as the next logical progression of the internet. One that you feel surrounded by rather than one that you just look at. But basically, it's a 3D internet made up of lots of technologies that you're already familiar with today, like AR, like VR, like a 2D Zoom call. And they're all stitched together so that you can move around them seamlessly. And its defining feature will be the sense of co-presence that you feel with other people who are sharing the same space. And so when you meet someone in the metaverse, it should almost feel like more like that you're sitting around together in the same room rather than perhaps waving at each other from across the street. So that's kind of how I think about it. And, you know, we've been on a journey to get here, which I can also talk about as well. That's brilliant. Thank you. And I think you're absolutely right to point out that distinction, because I think maybe especially on LinkedIn, Web3 and Metaverse get used to mean the same thing. I think we're just talking about what's coming next. So it was really interesting to hear your own definitions. So I normally ask guests what their sort of light bulb moment was when they decided to pivot their whole career to all things Web3 and or Metaverse. But obviously Meta did the pivoting. So what was it that really helped things click for you in your mind? You know, I think it starts with why I'm here and why I'm doing the job I'm doing. And it's because I've always been fascinated by tech innovation. And so this kind of really big thinking really, really excites me. And it goes through sort of everything through my career when I, you know, when I was growing up as a kid and I wanted to be an astronaut or when I was, you know, first starting out in advertising, I was always interested in the digital sides of things. And then, you know, being able and fast forwarding a few years, being able to work at Facebook as was, and really to be able to see firsthand that shift from desktop to mobile. And that doesn't half seem like a long time ago, but it was a huge transition. And I think it's not unlike the one that we're seeing now where you know we're shifting now from mobile to metaverse. And that's really gonna once again radically change the way that we operate both personally, but also professionally as well. I've always sat at the intersection of tech and marketing, 
And I think placing big bets on things like the metaverse is where you're going to find the most opportunity if you're you know, willing to embrace it. And so it's for all these reasons that I'm really, really excited uh, about the metaverse because it is, once again, it's, it's a once in a generation chance for me to be able to be a part of this really big technological shift that is really going to change every aspect of our lives. And as you say, you know, Meta did do the shift, but I think the sorts of people that work here are the sorts of people that like that big, bold thinking. And I'm really fascinated by all the engineering that's going to be needed to evolve it. Things like, you know, can we make sensors powerful enough to be able to interpret the world around us in real time, yet small enough to be able to fit on, say, a pair of glasses, and then getting to play with the early iterations of it. And so, you know, one of the things that I do now every week with my own leadership team is, you know, we host it in VR. And we do it, one, because it's fun. You know, who doesn't actually want to have a meeting that's on the moon or on the beach? But <laughs> also because you can't actually understand the potential of the technologies unless you're actually using them. And so I would encourage people, if they're not, to get involved, because in many ways, we're all students again these days. We're learning about the new tools on the horizon. But I think if you're in a leadership position, then you also got to be a bit of a coach and a cheerleader to actually help those around you visualize how they can uh, start getting involved in it. Totally. Yeah, you're right. It was a brave, bold move of Meta, as was Facebook. I've been really fascinated by that journey. So I'd, I'd love to know how your own role has changed. So in the last year, you've been promoted to VP of Global Business Group, of the whole thing. You've moved to New York and Facebook has obviously become Meta. So what's the focus of your role now? Yeah, when you put it like that, what an incredible year, right? And I <laughs> I pinch myself that I'm where I am at this particular moment. As you said, I've moved from London, where I was running Europe, Middle East and Africa. And there I was the primary point of contact for the company in the region across all issues. Whereas in my new role, I'm much more closely charged with leading Meta's ad business globally, which means that I just get to do what I've always done, which is talking to clients, our partners, helping them to make the most of our platforms, reach the audiences that are most important to them. And now I get to do that on, on a wider scale. So it's a total, total joy. And because I'm getting to do that with you know clients, teams, partners all over the world, I get this really interesting window on, on you know the major issues that are affecting businesses globally. So whether it's conversations on how to build recession-resistant growth strategies or how different industries are experimenting with various return-to-office plans or some of the big transcontinental policy discussions around data privacy and, you know, the environment, some of these, you know, really big ones. And, and those all factor into the way that we think about and run our own business. So very much part of my role is translating what I'm hearing from our partners for the ads engineering team so that they can build the tools that help advertisers and partners achieve their goals and reach the customers no matter what's going on in the world. So truly, with all that going on, there is never a dull day. And then when you layer that on top, moving to New York, which I am having the best time doing, but also having a front row seat on the evolution of the metaverse, I, I do feel like I, I've hit the jackpot. And, you know, because it's such a new concept for so many people, a large part of my role is actually explaining what, you know, our vision for the metaverse is and translating all the developments that our engineering teams are doing into digestible examples that brands can be putting to use every single day. A good example of that is some of the work that we've been doing recently around reels, where we're actually creating real schools 
to teach people how to use reels because it's a fantastic way. I mean, I'm sure you're using it for video to be to help brands get their stories out in new and exciting ways, but then also demoing things like Horizon Worlds and immersive learning so people can start to understand how they can incorporate these new and exciting tools into their own strategies. Really cool. I mean, that literally is the dream job. I wonder if you actually, do you find time to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) I'm wearing my aura ring, so it tells me when I do and don't (laughs) get enough time to sleep. I'm doing quite well at the moment. Oh my God. You're talking about the the technology and where we're going in, in terms of how we work and what's next. So if lockdown was what got us or everyone comfortable with video calls, working remotely, and it feels like VR and later the metaverse could be that next big shift in how we interact with our colleagues, how we build company culture. So could you paint me a picture of how you see the future of work? Yeah, definitely. And this is an area I get really excited about, uh, and especially when it comes to the metaverse, because I think a lot of people today still think the metaverse is only going to be for gamers. Yeah, and it's true that gaming, and especially games like Beat Saber, are going to be really common entry points for many people. But actually, I think that the metaverse is really going to open up so many more options that's going to make work more productive, more portable, and actually even more fun. Because what we see already is VR is you know, already making things like fitness fun for people who don't normally like working out. I think we can do a lot more to make, you know, how we think about the future of work more inspiring too. Because if you think about it, you know, the world of work hasn't really changed in a hundred years. A lot of today's offices were based on sort of 19th century factories, and they were really based on sort of military style centralization and standardization. And you know, when we then built the offices out and we started to get tech like phones and copy machines. It made sense to have everybody localized in one place. You mm. know, that equipment was expensive and often quite big. But that now isn't revolutionary for our time. What's revolutionary now when we all have these supercomputers in our pockets in the form of a sort of a one-man mobile headquarters is to ask actually the question, what is work when it's not tied to a place? Yes. And so, yeah, right? And what does it mean to go to work when so much of work can actually be done from anywhere? So I think it's about how we can provide more inspiring careers for people by allowing them to live full lives, both in and out of the office, and really being bold in asking the questions of how we design work if we're actually starting fresh today. And, you know, I think the answer here is to really increasingly let employees decide. You know, from from a meta perspective, we came out clearly last year as a distributed first company, which means that while we still think office time is valuable, We know, as you said in the question, that, you know, teams have proved that during the pandemic, you can work efficiently from anywhere. And we have, you know, many people just prefer it. Close to 75% of our teams are now working this way. And so we're encouraging people to prioritize the things that are important to them. And, but we also have to find ways, you know, not just to bring people to work, but bring work to people. And I think that's where VR comes in. And especially around the point around culture that you're asking, I think you can create moments of culture and also serendipity in VR. It's much easier to do in VR as well. And you get those interactions that are a lot more immediate because, you know, I was sharing earlier that I do my own leadership meetings in there and you do get that sense of presence. You can choose your own working environment. As I said, you know, I mentioned the moon, but you could be on the beach or you could have views of the Alps. 
you create your own avatars. We've got one colleague that always rocks up with sort of long hair and earrings, even though that's really not how they look in real life, but it shows a different <laughs> side of him, which, which I think is interesting. And then you've got the spatial audio and that sense of presence. So it helps you to track the conversation. It helps you to track the creation of memories, which makes the thing so much more smooth, much more natural, and much better and easier to ideate and to brainstorm and create together if you're not able to be in the same physical room than just doing it on a 2D flat screen. Totally. That's funny that you say they're experimenting with their avatars. Is there anything else that you've noticed or that, people, that the MetaMates are kind of sharing about how they're using VR, whether it's Horizon Worlds or how they like to work together? Like Just anecdotally, is there any, any other trends? Yeah, yeah. We're seeing an area that's getting a lot of traction is that in VR and you know into the metaverse is actually around education in the workplace. And that's especially true for geographically distributed workforces. So, you know, we've seen Hilton, the hotel company, they're using it as a cost-effective way to scale training, to improve performance and increase retention of new skills. So one of the things that they did was to create innovative learning experiences where their team members could actually tour the bedrooms, the kitchens and the offices at Hilton locations anywhere in the world and then take it one step further to actually show what it's like to interact and meet with guests and role play challenging scenarios, develop empathy for guest experiences. So I think it's a really neat example. And then the other area from a a meta perspective is around, well, this one's related more to the hardware front because Mark Zuckerberg recently shared, we've got this thing called Project Cambria which is a really high-end headset. And actually, this is focused on professional users and the world of work. And it has a high-resolution color mixed reality. So what does that actually mean? I always (laughs) like to make sure people kind of get it in the plain English as well. It means that users, when they've got their headsets on, will no longer be shut off from the real world. And therefore, you can interact seamlessly with the elements in both the physical and the virtual worlds at the same time. So I think that's going to be really useful when it comes to the office as well. And we've already got some of that stuff in in Horizon Home with things like, you know, Infinite Office, really cool ton of stuff that's coming in in the pipeline as well. Amazing. Yeah, there's some really cool examples that I'm seeing out there. I'm excited for what's coming next in terms of VR and yeah, how, how we work and how we interact. And I think everyone being distributed or in a sort of lockdown situation made us think a lot about, yeah, how do we want to interact in future? Okay, so killer question. How do you think businesses should be preparing for the metaverse? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, you've just got to get started with it. You've got to get to try it. Then I would say experiment, experiment, experiment. Keep testing, keep learning. You know, there's so much that's really accessible on the tech that you already have. So most people have got a phone. If you've got Instagram, you can already play around with the AR filters. Ray-Ban has a great try-on feature where you can actually try on different glasses, play around with apps like DressX that allow you to try on digital clothing, play a game like Beat Saber in VR or host a meeting in Horizon Workrooms. I just, you know, I can't emphasize enough how much, you know, the time to start playing around with these tech is right now because it's still really early days building the metaverse. So it's a learning moment for all of us. And I think you just can't understand the power of these technologies if you don't use them. I also think it's important to hear really concrete examples of how 
forward-thinking brands and businesses are already using things like VR experiences to be able to plug the gaps. So a couple of my favorites here, one is Mini, the car company. Mini built a, a mini-verse and they built a virtual racetrack where you can race friends you can knock them off the track. Like the mini would never do something like this in the real world, right? Um, you can support them with like timely boosts. You can actually customize the car. You can customize your own suit for your own avatar. And I just think it's a really exciting way and a good example of, of a brand finding new avenues to engage consumers that fits the personality that for them, it's a bit cheeky and fun. But also it's a really creative solution to a very practical supply chain problem. Because actually, Mini can't make enough cars at the moment to meet their demand. Mm. This was a way for people to sort of have a engage with the brand, experience a, a ride in the meantime. So that's one. Totally different example I'll give you is from uh, Fender, the uh, the guitar company. And the thing that was really interesting on this one was that, think about it, through lockdown and through the last couple of years, so many more people have started playing the guitar. Actually, 16 million so they now have wow. this whole new audience to engage with. So they built the Stradiverse, where people can do things like have an air guitar challenge, or you can go on a, a guitar pick scavenger hunt, and then you can add your own songs to these. So I, I think, you know, these are great pioneers here, thinking hard about where, where their core appeal is, what, if you like, their superpowers are as a brand, and then coming up with some new and fun ways to build the technologies and we're also moving here at the same time from an era of not just creating content, but actually creating communities and not just building websites, but building worlds. And I think, you know, the metaverse is going to be really incredibly useful for doing all of this. Amazing. That's super interesting to hear the concrete examples, because I think that really helps people of when they're wondering what the metaverse is, because I think also people get quite nervous. If we use words that people haven't heard before, there's this instant fearfulness. I, I do think w women tend to be a I find that sort of thing more of a turn off. I was wondering, when thinking about women's place in all of this innovation, you've obviously been working very closely on um, a lot of brilliant women's initiatives at Meta. So, like, you know, I worked with you on She Means Business, International Women's Day, so many brilliant in initiatives. What can we do when we're thinking about the next iteration of the internet and making sure that works for women? Yeah, and I'm so proud of the work that you and I did together. And, you know, She Means Business remains to this day one of the proudest things that I've worked on. I mean, I think now, you know, the fact that we created it back in 2016 to help provide digital skills and training, financial education, to expand women's business connections and networks. And since then, we've now trained over one and a half million women wow. in 38 markets around the world, right? And we, we expanded it in response to COVID-19. We added business resiliency training and financial education training because you know, we know that women face the economic impacts much harder. So I'm proud of the work. When talking and thinking about the metaverse, a key hallmark here is about making sure that we're building from a meta perspective inclusion right in from the start, whether that's women or actually any other underrepresented group. And our hope here is that the, the metaverse will democratize everything from access to jobs, to healthcare, to education, and offer more ways for everyone around the world to access the tools and the support. But to do that, we've got to really ask the questions about inclusivity right at the beginning and what it looks like in an immersive experience and making sure that, you know, diverse people aren't just participating as consumers, but they're, you know, they're the architects and that they're builders as well. 
And if I go back to thinking what some of the component parts are, like VR, like AR, you know, actually I'm proud of the fact that we see that 53% of Spark AR creators that are publishing the effects for Facebook and Instagram are, are women. Nice. This is fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, we recently hosted a roundtable in VR that brought together six incredible women who are using VR and immersive technologies to create new experiences. And that discussion offered great tips for the ways women can leverage immersive technologies today. So it continues to be a, a learn through experience. But I think it's also about channeling what you want to change in both the physical world and then start to channel that into the digital world. From our side, and you know this from having worked with us, you know, we're a data-driven company and we set KPIs that we want to hit and we want to make sure that the people that are at Meta are diverse. And so we set those KPIs on DEI as well. And our goal is to have 50% of our workforce made up globally of women and other underrepresented minorities. We measure it. We put out those numbers every year. And I'm really proud of the fact that you know, every single year we've, we've moved upwards and, and, and to the right on it. So we're, we're seeing some good progress there. Awesome. And yeah, you're absolutely right that if, you know, technology should be in the hands of everybody. So it ought to be built by diverse teams to sort of represent the needs of all, all of those end users. So that's brilliant to hear that there's so much thoughtfulness going into this. So for women or for listeners who are curious to better understand the metaverse, what's one resource that you would recommend checking out? I'm going to give you two, actually. I'm going to give you, well, someone I know we both know and admire, Kathy Hackle, the founder and chief metaverse officer at Journey. She's also a tech futurist. She's, I love that she's kind of commonly known as the godmother of the metaverse. Um, and I love the fact that I don't think anyone's been called the godfather of the metaverse. So the fact that we have a godmother first, I think yes. is, uh, is a good thing. And I know you had her on recently. And actually, I'm about to hop on her podcast to talk about marketing in the metaverse. So Amazing. we're all in it with, with Kathy. So I thought I'd do you an, another one as well. If you really want to go deep, I'd suggest reading Matthew Ball's new book, The Metaverse and How It Will Revolutionize Everything. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it, he's got a nine-part series on the metaverse, which is a really comprehensive guide to how people are thinking about the metaverse today, the technologies that are going to be the foundation and the opportunities that it's you know going to bring. And simply, I agree with him because I think the metaverse is going to revolutionize just about everything. And it really does remind me of the early days of the Internet, where there were so many naysayers that thought the Internet was going to have no impact on them. Or they thought they could just ignore it. They could opt out of it. But it, look at it. It's changed every aspect of the world and no more so really than in the last two years. I feel the same about the metaverse. It's coming it's going to have an incredible impact on our daily lives. And whether you're an early adopter or more of a, a watch and wait kind of person, it's going to come. I absolutely agree. There's been some uncertainty and yeah, nervousness or instant dismissal, but it's, it's absolutely coming. So lastly, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me all over the place, as you <laughs> would expect. You'll find me on Instagram, on at Nicola Men on Facebook and LinkedIn as Nicola Mendelssohn, on Twitter as at Nicola Men. So you'll find me posting every single day on something. <laughs> I'm also doing at the moment something called Small Talk with Nicola Mendelssohn. Mm. And as I'm getting to know my new city in Manhattan and New York, I'm doing this series where I'm featuring local small business owners and they're kind of showing the ups and the downs 
and literally everything in between in terms of running a small business in New York City. So that's a lot of fun. You'll find all things from donuts to magazines and everything in between on that. <laughs> really cool. Well, thank you so much for joining. I've yeah, really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been great to see you again. This has been the Women of Web3 podcast brought to you by Women of Web3. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so more people can find the show. You can keep up to date with amazing jobs, opportunities, learning resources, and connect with other women by following at Women of Web3 Co on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. That's at Women of Web3 Co. So feel free to tweet us with any questions about the show, and thank you for listening. <laughs>